With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the Walk Pod post match phone in. Good to have you all along with us tonight. With me, as always, my co host Ian. How are you getting on, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. A bit sleep deprived because of the, the kids, but you know, otherwise, I'm doing just fine. Well, you've all got. There's a lot. To... You've all got jet lag, haven't you? So I suppose there's excuses. But... Oh, it, yeah, it doesn't help. The jet lag does not help because. Um... You know, the kids stay up until 4 a.m. last night. It was pretty brutal. Unlucky. It, yeah, and it's not like I had the win. I didn't have a win to sort of keep me buzzing, unfortunately. It was close, though. Um, we were close. We were close. Yeah, not to a win, but it was close. There's a lot of fat to chew here. There really is. Yeah. Um, yeah, and in all fairness... We should have had that penalty right at the death, in my opinion, anyway, and the opinion of the world. Yeah, it seems so. Because it's been going around Twitter. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, by the uh, oh, the game, it was a it was a penalty on it all day long. But um, would we would we have deserved something from the game? Did they deserve the win? It's a difficult one, isn't it? But I think we we definitely showed a lot more yesterday, and I think it was a good performance. I I didn't feel unhappy. Uh, with the performance, we just need to be a bit more braver uh, and get the shackles off. I think once we blow the cobwebs off a bit of being in a new league, I think that's when we'll start to see um, us being a little bit more adventurous and and starting to uh, take a few more risks and getting something from it. Well, I think the cobwebs are starting to get blown off, really. Um, we're, we're seeing steady improvement uh, and it, it, it's fairly obvious that um, we are adjusting to the league. That's been very clear to see um, because the Premier League is a massive step up. And, we, you know, you pointed out on the podcast, that's also the case with when we jumped up from League One to the Championship. Because um, it had only been two seasons since we've been in League Two. You know, it, t- it takes a long time to adjust. Yeah, I think we'll do it, though. You know, I, I, I think even from if you compare last night's performance um, against Brighton, if you take out the middle game, you know, I think there was a stark contrast there. I think, you know, we were less naive. We were, we were a little bit more brave. But I, I still sense that just that little bit of trepidation in terms of you know obviously they're scared of making mistakes and I think we just need to be a little bit more confident with that yeah well before we bring speakers on we should we should probably talk about the stats yeah. because possession doesn't mean jackal because West Ham beat Brighton they only had 20% possession but we had 39% possession we actually carved out a lot more chances at goal than West Ham did so our XG was 1.47, opposed uh, to their 1.03. Uh, we had 16 shots in total, so they're nine. Three big chances, like perhaps we should be putting those away. Um, the Mads Anderson header was really good, especially considering like the stick he's been getting amongst the fan base and also internally at the club. Do you know what? I, I was thinking about this today because we, we said about Madson on the podcast, right? And we said, is he is he ready yet? And I think, you know, we said we, we didn't think that he was. And I think you've got to be fair to him and say it was a very good performance last night. He looked very assured in, in his performance. And yeah. so 
you know, both ends of the stick with that. He looked decent. Whether he can do that consistently or not, and, and obviously there's still room for improvement, don't get me wrong, but whether he can do that consistently or not is another question. Um, but I was I was surprised and pleasantly surprised with him last night. Uh, and it was funny, if you watch his post-match interview, um, the first thing he did when he scored was run back to defence. Just to try, and, you know, because that's his natural instinct to be a defender and he didn't really celebrate that much. Um Oh, well, I, I think it was the case of we were going for the draw at that point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We, we knew there was still time. Um, and at that point, the game had turned. Like, you know, we were well on top of that point. Yeah. I don't think West Ham were, were good value for their win, to be fair. Yeah. it's a... They have a lot of nice touches in the middle of the park. They have some nice ball players. But I, I don't think they were good value at all. No, no. Um, they were all right. In spade, in in patches of the game, um, I don't think. Obviously, they finished at the top of the league last night at close of play. Obviously, they're not in. Yeah, it's only four yeah, games exactly. in, though. Um, but there, there was yes, I remember Southampton being top of the league. Do you, if you remember that, stop the count yeah, yeah. from years back. I think it's only. It doesn't, ma- doesn't mean anything. I think wasn't it last season that, and they, they should have stopped the count. To be fair. Um, <laughs> they didn't stop counting today. The goals they let in, did they? <laughs> oh my <laughs> word! Didn't see that coming from Sunderland. But anyway, on onto the uh, the rest of it. Yeah, I thought there were there was there was good quality in in certain aspects of their game. You could see you could see that they've got quality players all over the pitch. Um, but, you know, and it was a different caliber to ours. But that said, it's it's all about the performance on the night, and I, th- I felt like it was it was okay. It was good. It was good to okay, I think, you know. Yeah. Well, before we get people in to, um, to, to speak, like, look, look, everyone listening, if you want to have a word about, about the performance last night, you know, feel free, just, you know, request to speak. We're happy to get you all on. Um, I want to talk about Ross Barkley because he, he's been getting a lot of stick. Everyone's saying, oh, he, he didn't clap off with everyone else. And, uh, um, he just sort of, you know, went off with Kurt Zuma at full time. Well, he clapped the the fans on onto the pitch um, at the beginning of the game, and I don't think we got vintage Ross Barkley yet. It, it, it's, it's obvious that he's not fit enough. He was blowing by half time, uh, but the the underlying stats don't lie. Like four chances created, yeah, and you know if we had Premier League strikers we can potentially put them away. He also had his chance in the first half where he could have he could have uh, put it away if he'd been a touch more composed instead of dragging it wide. I feel we got a proper player in there. I'm very excited to see him in, in you know, six or ten matches time when he's at full pelt. I, I, I think I kind of agree with you. I didn't know what your thoughts were before you said that. But, you, you know, it's clear to see he's not fully fit yet. Um, but he's he's got to get there. Um, you know, we've got two weeks now with um, the international break for him to be able to do that. Hopefully, we can get a couple of funders in there. Um, I thought that the stick for him not clapping off for fans it's a it's a tad harsh, to be honest. Um, he's new to the club for one. You know, it, that doesn't happen at every club. I think people need to understand that it doesn't always happen. Um, He's he wants to win as well, so he's obviously disappointed. Um, you know, people handle things in their own way. You know, the main thing is for him to to perform on the pitch. I'm sure after a few more matches or whatever, and once he's fully ingrained himself into the club, then then he probably will go around and clap and this that and the other. But you know, he, yeah. it's not now's not the time to start making a scapegoat of anybody or pulling on no, people. Of course it's, not. Yeah, it's silly. We're three games in. You know, come on, we're better than that. I feel someone's going to have a word with him, like a quiet word in the ear, uh, and tell him that this is what we do at Luton. Well, quite possibly, quite possibly, but it doesn't mean that we um, we need to jump on. That's just he's part of his learning process. He might be a professional that's played in the Premier League for over two hundred and thirty appearances or whatever it is, um, but it doesn't mean he's accustomed to the Luton way and the way we do things at Luton or Luton's ground. You know, it's completely different to what they do at Chelsea. They just walk off, don't they? for the most part, unless they've yeah. had a decent win. So, you know, it's completely different. He comes from a different ilk of footballer compared to the ones that we've already got at the club. You know, um, 
it's just going to take some adjustment time for him. I just think pulling him up now isn't the right thing to do. And but but then contrast that with I do understand why it would annoy some people, but I just think we should take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah, and also people saying Edwards out, they can get fucked. I haven't seen anyone say be. that, but if if they have, I, I, <laughs> I agree with your sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got Simon Pitts here. Simon, uh, if you can request to speak, I've sent you a couple of uh, speaker invites, but you got to request to speak if you want to give us your thoughts on the game. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think I think we are, you know, getting better game by game. Um, yeah, there there is there are signs of improvement. Mm. Nakamba had his best game. Agree, yet. agree. Yeah, Nakamba was really good. Um, Burke was outstanding. If he, he's he's such a good football player once he's fully fit. If we can keep him fit, he's such an asset. We kind of forget him because we kind of are banking on him being injured at, at periods. So you kind of build the team in your head around him not being there. Um, but if he can stay fit, he's such an asset. Um, his athleticism and his breaking out from the back, it's, it just gives us so much more room to go forward. Oh, definitely. I think international break came at the right time for him as well because he played back-to-back games. It sort of gives his, him time to put his hamstrings on ice now for, for, for two weeks until the next game. Because no. it's vital that we have him, especially uh, that it's very likely that Gabe Osho is going to be out for you know two to four months now with, with this injury. Yeah, that- that's the club I haven't, haven't disclosed. That's such a shame as well. Um, I, I love Gabe. I love everything about him. Um, you know, his personality on, on and off the pitch and what he brings to the club. Um, so that's such a shame. But it's great to see Berkey doing really well. Anyway, I think Simon's ready, isn't he? So. Yeah, Simon. Good evening. Good evening to you all. Uh, hi, mate. Evening. Evening. How's it going? All right. Yeah, not too bad. Not too what bad. Were you... We're enjoying life in the Premier League, albeit the results aren't going our way. But hey, if you'd have said to us nine, ten years ago, you'll be playing Premier League football at the start of the 2023 season. I think we'd have more than accepted that and taken that and asked whatever you were drinking to have some of it as well. <laughs> uh, well Simon, how was it up on the bobbers then? Yeah, it's very different. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's getting used to it. I mean, it's first of all, it's fantastic the work that's gone in and let's just credit everybody behind the scenes that's done a wonderful job to turn around in such a short, short space of time from executive boxes to a new stand, uh, media facilities uh, and everything else because that is quite some achievement um, to have, have done that work. And yeah, it's... I. I, prior to this season, I'd only ever watched one game from that side of the pitch. Um, and that was an FA Youth Cup game last season when we played Preston. And uh, I was on that side because I had to link into the cameras uh, to do the commentary. So it, it is getting used to that. And it's fantastic, I say, to actually look across to the main stand, look left to the Kenilworth Road end and look into the corner of the Oak Road that are Luton supporters. So to actually look across and see a sea of orange and a sea of fans is fantastic. And that extra height makes a big difference as well. I mean, years back, I used to be up on the TV gantry on the main stand uh, side of the ground. And it, it's brilliant looking down on the play because you can see it so much more. It's so much better. Um, we have got, you know, there are one or two little issues on the Bobber's side that we can't see the near touch line without standing up and looking over. We're going to get a bit colder and a bit wetter than we did in the press box. But hey, you know, certainly not going to complain about those things when we're watching Premier League football at Kenilworth Road. No, and the the atmosphere just felt felt like it had that extra oomph in it from all three sides. It just felt like it was completely encapsulated um, the whole team around. It was it was just completely different to anything that you know witnessed before. Um, but that that'll only get better. And Gary Sweet said that. There's more changes to come and added little bits over the next few weeks as well. So that'll be good to see. Yeah, indeed. I mean, it's very different. I mean, I think everybody's felt that going to Kenilworth Road now. There's been so many changes and it's great that the club have added some things that weren't requirements of being in the Premier League. You know, the the media aspect of things that 
certain facilities, the extra seats that we've got to give away fans because of the increased capacity, everything like that, the VAR, well, we'll come to that. That's a different story. But anyway, uh, the things that have had to be done for Premier League, but then the club have enhanced the facilities for supporters as well, extra to that. So, you know, seeing so many fans enjoying the new um, concourse area with the food and the drinking um, potential there, it's, it's brilliant. And it was great. I got, I mean, I always get to the ground at least a couple of hours before kickoff and it was noticeable. There was more people there last night than usual because people wanted to atmosphere, you know, fans are there. They want to enjoy and savor every moment of this. And, um, you know, the, all the works that have gone on, it, it really has enhanced and improved Kenilworth road. And, you know, we love the old girl and there's bits that you don't want to change and you want to keep the old, how it was in the olden days, but, there's certain things that that do are required and do need to be done for for being in the top flight football once again. Yeah, you mentioned uh, how busy it got, like hours before kickoff. I, I like to get to the ground really early as well. You, you went big time on me yesterday, Simon. I, yeah. I offered you out for a drink, and, and you're like, "Oh no, no!" I got a message today, didn't I, saying you were it too was busy. It was crazy. I mean, I, I, I'm still trying to comprehend what is going on because. You know, I've obviously got the role as the commentator and I set up the equipment and we get everything organised. But then I also, I'm involved in the printing and distributing of team sheets and other things that I help out in the club. And and last night just seemed to be, everything seemed to be busier. Everything, just time seemed, everything, it was just strange. It was just really weird. And I bumped into um, Mick, the, the station manager at Diverse FM, who of course gave me the first opportunity for commentary. And I literally, as I'm, I'm rushing past him to do a job and I, I stopped to say hi and it was great to see him. And then I had to message him to apologize if I felt it was in a rush because I was desperately trying to get to do a job that I had to do. And it was just, it's just surreal. It's just, it's like a different world. Um, and it's just trying to understand why it is so much busier and why so much is going on and, you know, it's fantastic. It's in no way a complaint. Um, it's it's early days, and I think that's the biggest thing. And perhaps looking back, I've, I've felt this at the beginning of every season, that everybody's trying to get back into their roles and do what they're doing. And, of course, this year has got so much extra going on and so many other things and so many more people. I mean, the media numbers are through the roof compared to previous seasons. And with so much happening and so much pressure on everybody that's involved behind the scenes that, you know, fans don't always see, uh, it's just incredible. And, and literally last night, I didn't see your message because so many other people were messaging because it was the first day back in the Premier League at Kenilworth Road. And, you know, you literally then you catch up on things later on and. Yeah, it certainly wasn't uh, personal, mate. Don't don't ever no, take no, it out. I'm, <laughs> I'm just taking the piss side. Don't worry. Yeah, don't worry about that. Um, yeah, it it was there. There was a lot of media focus on it. Like I, I know because I, I did um, a fair bit of media, like in the lead up. I was I was on the ITV lunch and uh, evening news. Like, uh, well, watch out! I just dropped a name. Um, and I did some promo for TNT uh, and looking across from the main stand you could just see all the all the commentators and all the journalists just lined up across the top of the bobbers it it was insane mm. it really was insane to see that and um oh what what was i going to ask oh yeah you're you're a stats guy would you say that is the longest media center in world football well it's it's funny you should say that cuz um I, I speaking to one of the other journalists that I've got to know, uh, Aaron from the BBC, uh, does a lot of the London clubs and that. And uh, he was saying, this gantry is just incredible. It's so long. And, you know, I've, I've obviously covered Luton at a lot of grounds um, until this year, not many in the top flight grounds. But I, I cannot think of anywhere that I've been where there is a single one length gantry like that. Um, West Brom, their upper TV uh, radio gantry does go the length of the pitch, but it's split. So you can't like walk all the way along. It's, it's in, in sections from what I remember. Um, and it, it's, yeah, the Luton gantry is incredible as far as it is just one long length of, of media. And he was just saying, you know, this is incredible, you know, fantastic that we've got this. And yeah, it, it, it possibly, it possibly is the only one that is one whole length. 
Um, but I, I wouldn't like to say for certain. I've, I, I've not been anywhere where I could physically walk from one end of the pitch to the other in one press area. Yeah, and as you say, the view as well. Uh, do, do you actually get to choose where you wanted to sit, or or um, or was it pre-chosen for? No, it's it's pre-chosen. And to be honest, I've been in, although only one seat next to um, it, the two games that we've had there. Um, I've been in slightly different seats. Uh, a lot of it comes down to the broadcasters and who needs certain seats. How many of them are there? And then it, it gets obviously moved along. So, yeah, it's game by game. I'll be in a very similar area each game, but it won't be like the press box at Luton where I have the same seat every game, um, certainly as it stands at the moment. But I'll be in the, within a few seats of each each time. So a couple more uh, questions unrelated to the game. So I'm guessing the the biggest outlets have the, the, the media spots closest to the centre circle. So who's sitting like slap bang in the middle? Um, to be honest, from memory yesterday, it was the cameras for the sky footage. So uh-huh. I don't think there was actually, I, I must admit, I walked down the length when I was distributing the team sheets, but I can only vaguely remember there being cameras around the halfway line. Um, and then there was a few broadcasters either side of that. But I, I think from memory, um, as I say, it was so rushed last night. Uh, the time just flew by. But yeah, I, I think it was cameras there. And then there was radio from, uh, for some of them, I, I'd be honest, I'm not even sure the broadcasters, certainly some of them are recognised, you know, faces and names and, and the like. But there were so many up there. And, and of course, we've got international broadcast this year. You know, we've got to remember that, that, you know, the Premier League is is worldwide. And you know, you, you're going to get the broadcasters from all around the world. I know there was a French station there last night and, you know, it's just it's just amazing. It's just incredible. And it is a pinch me moment. Am I dreaming still? Yeah, it, it really does feel like we're all dreaming. I, I still can't believe that we're in the Premier League. Um, so what were your, what were some of your take homes from from the game yesterday? Uh, if we've got VAR, why the hell don't we use it? Yeah, I, I know. Like, was it plugged uh, in? I just, I, to be honest, and I, I'll, I'll say this truthfully, when you're up there, and I, I can only see that live once. So everybody's got a different view of it. I, I saw the incident. I mean, we we're obviously talking about the handball late in the game. Um, so I saw the incident. I heard the appeals, but I couldn't see exactly what had happened from my angle. Um, the replays I'd got I on the monitor was, was very much delayed. So when we were talking about it, it was so late in the game. It was, I think it was after, it was after we'd um, it, uh, got the goal back. So, you know, it was a potential 2-2 scenario. And it was 95th minute. Yeah. So I've gone with the crowd on that one. And I've said, well, there's been a big appeal. It will go to VAR. And obviously it'll be looked at. But I, the, the biggest thing for me is if VAR is saying no for whatever reason, why aren't the fans being told that? Let, let's just well, get an I answer. Think, I don't let's think it even went told. to VAR. Well, but why didn't it? You know, that, that's the biggest question. Why didn't it go to VAR? If, if that's what they're there for and they're watching the game, we've all seen the stills. We've all seen the footage. I, I'll be honest with you. I've been out today. Uh, I have my parents visiting. So I've, I've seen odd bits on Twitter and social media and the like. Oh, no, it's not called Twitter anymore, is it? Um, but I've seen bits. But I haven't fully got into grips as to whether it, and I've not watched the match back or anything like that. I've not had the chance yet. But to me... That is seen. I've seen a still photo that is clear. So if VAR are looking at that or they've not, A, if they've not looked at it, why the heck not? B, if they have looked at it, explain to me why that isn't handball. Every pundit that I've been made aware of has said it's handball. It's a penalty. Do you know well, who I'm hasn't, not, though? Mike, uh, Mike Dean. I was going to say, or, or Danny Mills, given what he thought about us against Gillingham in midweek, but that's another story, isn't it? Oh yeah, but yeah, but, you but, know you... that it's obvious he doesn't watch us play, and he hasn't yeah. watched us play. He, he doesn't know but anything. Let, let's let's get back to VAR. If it's there, it's got to be used. We've had to spend out money to facilitate VAR. If they've not looked at it, explain why they haven't. If they have, and I'm talking generally here, if they have looked at it, fans should be told why it's not been awarded on any decision. You know, all we get, 
offside, yet you see the lines, you're told that's offside, that's onside. You can see it. You can understand it. We've already had issues this year where the PGMOLAO, what all the letters are, have said, sorry, we've made the wrong decision. It's an opinion at the end of the day. And I get that. You know, two people, one the referee, one the VAR and his team, it's an opinion. Is it a clear and obvious error? The referee's not seen it. The VAR, if they've not looked at it, why have they not looked at it? If they have looked at it, explain to me why that is any different to all the other handballs we've seen given by VAR or sent the referee to look at the monitor. But, you know, that's, that's a frustration. We've got that facility in the Premier League. We didn't have it in the Championship. If that had been a Championship game, yes, we'd have been annoyed that the referee didn't give it, but we then wouldn't have had VAR to moan about. But yeah. last it's night, disgraceful. It's disgraceful. last night there is a point there for Luton Town that they deserved a point last night. I thought a team West Ham were obviously top of the league. They've gone back top prior to today's games. They 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 were not a top of the league team against us last night, in my opinion. I felt we really put in a performance. Yes, there were some issues, but generally they did not dominate that game. And we we were if we'd have played that game match for a bit longer, we'd have got that point. It was unfortunate that the goal from Mad um, was so late that we then the crowd then hadn't got enough time to give the support to the players to get that draw. And that penalty decision or the handball is is so frustrating. It's so frustrating. But that's football, and we've got to live with it. But well, well I disagree with you there because that that is football, but that's football without VAR. We're playing yeah. football with the AR, and it, it was disgraceful. Uh, Phil McBeth, short, uh, Phil, uh, one of our writers, he, he's uh, tweeted, commented on your situation. He says, yes, Simon, absolutely agree. Disgraceful situation regarding VAR. It really was disgraceful. Yeah. I mean, I've not, um, as I say, I've not had confirmation as to whether it was looked at or not. I've not, I've not had chance to watch it back or seen anything. All I've literally seen is the stills that show it's a blatant handball, and I've heard comments about the pundits uh, on Sky last night on Football Focus on BBC Today all saying it's handball, it's a penalty. Um, what I haven't heard is whether it was actually looked at or not. I doubt it was looked at because otherwise it would have been pulled up and it yeah. would have been given as a penalty because uh, what Mike Dean said was uh, his arms were not in an unnatural position. But the way I see it is that is exactly the same as the dunk penalty that we got in game week one uh, yeah. against Brighton. Um, and also a bit different from, I think Chelsea had an incident where uh, De Sassi, one of their defenders, he had his his arms tucked in and it hit his elbow. Like, it's fairly obvious from the the way James Ward-Prowse had his arm out that it was an unnatural yeah. position. And And to be honest... If unnatural or natural, the ball has been crossed in from a long way out. It's not like it's a close range. Yeah, it's so, not like it's been bulleted at. It. No, exactly. So his arm, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter at that point, whether it's in a natural or unnatural position, the ball has been crossed in from a long distance and his arm is away from his body and it's hit him. And, it, it, you know, it's just so frustrating. Just so, And it would be interesting to see whether there is anything come back to say, but... It's the, the it's done. The match is done. I appreciate that. You know, we have to we have to live with it. We've got no choice. But I just feel last night deserved the opportunity for Luton Town to have a penalty in the injury time to make it two two, and all of a sudden everything is so much different today, isn't it? Yeah. Well, fortunately, we're not top. Well, we're not bottom of the league. No. No. I'm solace in that. Um, Simon, from what you've seen of us so far this season, do you think we'll be safe come the end of the season? I'll always be a realistic optimist. And I look back at the games and I look back, you know, we've played three league matches so far. Brighton at 1-0, Carlton Morris had a great opportunity to make it 1-1 straight away. If that goes in, suddenly it's a different game. At 2-1, when he scored the penalty, we're in the game and we're pushing for an equaliser. And then obviously there's a mistake and it's 3-1 and then we're pushing and they score the fourth. So 4-1, okay. But at 1-0 and at 2-1, we are well in the game. Chelsea away. We've got a great opportunity. Ryan Giles, another day, that's deflected shot. 
it confuses the keeper and it goes in, it's 1-1. We had a great spell in that second half against Chelsea, a fantastic spell. We couldn't get the goal to equalise. They've shown their quality. They've got two more. Last night, going into half-time, before that goal for Bowen, we are in the match. We are matching them. Neither side's had a shot on target. Neither side has troubled the keeper. It's fairly level pegging. This is a team that were, you know, had been top of the league going into the game and knowing that a win would take them back. Uh, going, uh, sorry, the previous week they'd been top of the league. They, we had matched them. They have beaten um, Chelsea and Brighton in the last few weeks who had beaten us, but we were matching them. That one goal, great cross in, but there are, looking back at it, there are issues within allowing Bowen to get the header in. Another day, Kaminsky gets enough of a block to make it go wide. We should be level at half time. Second half, again, they don't have many shots on target. Neither do we, to be fair. I'm, I'm not saying we did, but we were matching what they were doing. And then they've got that counter-attack. Seconds before, we should have had a corner. Clearly, Morris's shot has gone off the boot of the defender and up over the bar. That's a corner to us. It's not. It's a goal kick to them. It goes down the other end. They get a corner. Zuma rises well, you know, fair play. But And then we've got Mads back into it. Mads has got us back into it. And it's we've, we've got it. We just quite haven't had a little bit of luck that we need. But we also quite haven't had the finishing that you need in the Premier League. On another day, on another game... You know, Carlton scores at Brighton to make it 1-1. Ryan scores at Chelsea to make it 1-1. And, you know, we're back in it yesterday. And suddenly you might have got, say, a couple of points, a point or two points um, out of the last three games. So in answer to your question, let's be optimistic. Let's keep the faith. We've been in positions like this in other seasons, not in the top flight, obviously, but and we've, we've turned it around and we've got there. There is some very promising signs not saying there's not also one or two things that they need to work on. And, you know, Rob Edwards, the manager, has, has, indica- has uh, highlighted that as well and said, you know, it's a learning curve. We are improving. And we certainly are. And, you know, it's... I'm not convinced the international breaks perhaps come at a great time for us. But on another set, perhaps it has. So let's get these games against teams that are going to be down there with us. Let's play them. Let's then judge how we're doing. But hey, let's enjoy what we've seen so far. Let's be positive. Let's not pick up on the negativity. Let's support this club and let's just enjoy whatever happens this season because it is fantastic achievement for Luton Town from, as I said earlier, nine, ten years ago being in the non-league to now being in the Premier League. You know, there are not many better stories in world football, not just English, in world football that would match that story over the last decade. 110 fucking percent. You've hit the nail on the head there. Um, I, I I can't disagree with that at all. And uh, I'm I'm also very optimistic. Uh, I'm realistic as well. Like uh, my dad was saying to me, but my dad's like a fan of the 70s and 80s, so he's seen us beat all these all these big teams that are now in the Premier League. So he expects us to like beat everyone. Um, but yeah, you're right. We have got to be realistic, and also keep the faith and be optimistic. Like, look, look, Luton Town have come back from being dead and buried before, and it's only three games in for us. We're neither dead nor buried. There's a long time to go, and the team spirit is incredible right now. We're, we're one point from safety. Yeah, yeah. We've got a game in hand on everyone, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, that game against Burnley is going to be quite... It's going to be the earliest six-pointer probably in Premier League history. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Simon, I'll, I'll let you crack on with your evening. Thank you very much for jumping on and uh, giving us your thoughts. Really appreciate it. And But, but before you go, um, when are you going to come on for Hatter or Lower? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's a lot of pressure. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure on it. Um, I've listened back to some of the other guys and I've done okay on a few and I've done quite well on one of them. But uh, yeah, a a lot of pressure. But yeah, definitely uh, get me on soon and uh, put me under that pressure and see how I uh, I perform. Yeah, you got eight out of ten, didn't you, last time? Yeah, I I honestly got eight out of ten on on one of the ones uh, recently. 
Um, so yeah, I was I was chuffed with that, and I taught myself out of one, which was really annoying. If I'd thought about it a bit longer, then it would have it would have been a nine, and I, if I'd have been, uh, but yeah, no others though. Some of the others um, I've hit the same as the people that have got. You, you get five, four or five, and you you talk yourself out, and it's amazing on some players who you think I'm sure they played more than they did, or I'm sure they didn't play that many, and then you know reality actually, yeah, they did or they it's didn't. Harder than it looks, well, isn't it? You know. Yeah, we got Rog right. on next week. Um, yeah, well, as I've said, if he gets ten out of ten, I'm not joining. I'm not doing. <laughs> he's chosen the sixties. I'll make sure to make it extra hard for him. Yeah, do it so there's only like one or two appearances between them. Oh, don't you worry. That's the way I always do it. <laughs> no, Roger's a great guy though. All, all joking aside, you know he knows his stuff and you know, the football club and the, the history side. And let's give a shout out to Hatters Heritage while I've got the chance because that is just amazing for fans of all ages. If you've not checked out Hatters Heritage website, um, you know, young or old, whatever your age as a fan, um, you know, it's a fantastic. We've got the history of the club here that people are giving their time, their dedication, their efforts, their energy, their knowledge, their experience, their expertise to make sure that fans of the future have got the history of the club. They've got the memorabilia. They've got the, hopefully we'll have a great museum at power core all because of the work that all these guys are putting in and, you know, check out hattersheritage.co.uk because there's some great information, matches, players and everything on there. And I just think it's brilliant. The work that everybody's doing on that. Yeah. 100%. Hatters Heritage is fantastic. They power Hatter or lower as well. Uh, yeah, they're always looking for volunteers. So when you're at Hatter's Heritage, like if, if you have the time, um, feel free to volunteer. Uh, they, they go down Wardown Park Museum every Friday and they're always unearthing new bits and pieces of of Hatter's history. They they have millions of archives down there. They're always finding something new. Like you, you'll see Hatter's Heritage put up some uh, training pictures from the 1930s recently. Absolutely they were amazing. Stuff. Yeah, that was yeah. incredible to see that that um, little machine that they were trying to run through. I say little <laughs> machine, but that machine they were trying that, to run through. That was a loot in town. I I just saw that on Twitter. I tweeted it out. <laughs> the pictures followed. Oh, yeah. so many people thought that was actually loot in town training. <laughs> <laughs> that was classic. It was it was a sensational machine. I, I feel that was sta- that's cutting edge. They they should bring that back. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Simon, thank you very much for your time, and uh, I look forward to uh, catching up offline and also for Hatter or Lower. My so pleasure, and uh, I'll I'll keep doing uh, my study and my research to make sure that uh, I uh, I can live up to the challenge on Hatter or Lower. Yeah, Rog told me to watch out if, if you bring the full record with you to the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll choose a very limited time span so that I stand a chance. Yeah, great stuff. Thank you very much, Simon. Thanks, Simon. Um, <laughs> um, who else have we got on next? Uh, Phil, you requested to speak. I mean, what are your thoughts from uh, the game yesterday? I really right, love your diary, by the way. Thank you, thank you. It's very good to hear from that that uh, that you're enjoying it. Um, yeah, I, I sort of originally um, requested to speak when when Simon was um, speaking about VAR, and uh, I I just wanted to sort of say I love listening to Simon. Um, <laughs> he's so passionate about it. It's uh, it's fantastic, and uh, I think the point that that really stuck for me, and the the point that really sort of grinds, is the. We know VAR was working because there was a VAR decision in the stadium yesterday. <laughs> you know, it's not like it wasn't it wasn't working. And and this is the point that Simon was making perfectly. And I was basically just going to sort of add my weight behind that just to sort of say he's exactly right. Like, why wasn't it looked at? Like, we know it's working. We know it's there. We know it's in the stadium and functional. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a huge, huge frustration for me. And I, I, I share a lot of. Um, the same opinions as as what Simon just said there. Like when I look back at the three games, I've been fortunate enough to be at each of them, and we have had chances. They've been limited, but we have had chances at decent times. And I think it's coming. I put in the bottom of my of my diary piece about the fact that we've got important games coming up this this month, and and that'll be the real barometer of where we're at because we've 
reality of it is, is that we played Brighton at their place. They've just given Newcastle a spanking today as well. Um, and I know that West Ham beat them. Um, but Chelsea away at their place, that's always going to be difficult. And we've just played West Ham with full of confidence. And um, the thing is with West Ham is when I was doing the sort of preview write-up, it's one of those, they're one of those weird teams where you just feel like they'll adapt to how you could play and to, they'll adapt to your strength. And I thought that it was a, it was one of those games last night where it was a bit of a bit of a stalemate. Like a lot of their strengths, we replicate their strengths, i.e. the, the sort of athleticism, the strength. Um, and it was, um, it was, it was, it was a tough one, but I agree with what you said as well, Ollie. I don't think that we deserve to lose. I think when you look at the XG and when you look at, the the way the game panned out. I never felt like Kaminsky was absolutely under the cosh. Um, yeah, so I think I think like I say, I'm positive moving forward. I think what a couple of people said about the uh, the international break coming up as well. I'm not entirely sure whether that's going to be um, a beneficial thing or not. I think some people will benefit more than others. Uh, we said about Russ Barkley. I also think about Amari Bell. Um, I don't know whether he's been called up. You guys might be able to tell me that if there's any Jamaican games. But um, I think he, I think Ian said it in the um, in the in the walk pod in the week that um, he could perhaps use use a little bit of a break. He's he's and a potentially sort of being dropped. But the difficult thing is who goes in there. And I thought he had an excellent game last night, by the way. To be to be fair, um, Amari Bell because he 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 dealt with Antonio very well. He was obviously know very well from from his international call up. So. Um, so yeah, like I said, I think overall I'm I'm looking forward to the upcoming month. Hopefully we'll get those points on the board and and crack on from there. Sorry for waffling as well, by the way. I feel like you've given me a forum and I've just run with it. Sorry, There's guys. no waffling there. No, that's that's what these are for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. good. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I I can't say I've seen. Um, I don't know. Have you only seen if uh, if Bell's had a call up? I, I don't think he has, has he? But. Um, I haven't. No. The, the club would have announced yeah. it, but I think it's very sensible if he withdraws. Um, the same with Tom Locke here, to be honest. Uh, as if he's got a five strain, as as I've heard, um, I think it's uh, prudence that he he takes the time to recover rather than gallivanting off with Wales. Uh, I'm I'm always an advocate of 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 players going away on international duty. I mean, at the end of the day, as a kid, that's what you dream of. You playing playing for your country, playing for uh, your, the football club you support. You know, I've never want to stand in the way. I appreciate, obviously. You know we've got to look after him and, and wrap him up a little bit, but I don't think it was that serious. I just don't, I don't think he wanted to risk him, and he's he's made us as tough stuff, lucky, isn't he? Um, so I would be against it if it's providing the injury is okay um, to Lockyer. But I thought all 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 of the back three actually did really really well last night. Yeah, another shout out to Mads Anderson. Um, obviously, he doesn't look comfortable in the right centre back position, but he was always brought in as a backup to Tom Lockyer, uh, you know, for the the central position because although he he's big and strong, he, he's obviously not blessed with tremendous pace like Gabe Osho or Amari Bell, and that the outside centre back positions are better suited for those that can cover. The, the the rock in the middle, like even Tom Lockyer is not blessed with pace. Um, so I, I feel he is Tom Lockyer's understudy. It was sort of planning ahead in the future because I imagine the club think that Tom Lockyer will get pinched by someone uh, oh, I, after. Yeah, I think I said this a few weeks, but didn't I? If uh, that I see Tom Lockyer as probably the most progressive player in terms of his scope this season. I feel like he'd be one of our better players again this season and that he could potentially at the end of the season go if he does well again. Um, and like you say, um, Anderson does look like a little bit of an understudy, but I thought he did really well. Um, we've got to be fair with him. And we we did say that, um, was he was he quite ready? Um, but, he, but, he, but he did really, really well. I think we should yeah. probably speak to, to to Sack as well. I think he'll be he's he's away in uh, Spain or somewhere, isn't he? So let's see what his version of events are watching on TV. Good evening, everyone. Hello. Evening, I, I, Zach. I actually just got back today. Like I lit, just got back in. Like right now. 
though. It was it was a long day back, but I was very frustrated after the way things ended at the game last night. I was watching it in some random bar. I don't even know where I was, but I was watching it on the TV, and I thought we really competed well. And I, I wouldn't say we were like the best side. It was a very even game, but we competed, and that was like. I said it on Twitter earlier as well. Every game we've come on further. Like, if you compare our performance to West Ham versus Brighton, there's a massive improvement in there. And I'm very happy for Mads Anderson because he's, I think he's been solid so far, especially last night because he was central centre back, very good. But I just don't know how that was not a penalty. Like, VAR is there for a reason. And the fact that they, because I, I was watching it on TV, they said, like, on the commentary that, the check was over once the ball was on the other side of the pitch and it was no pen. And at first I was like, I, I didn't see anything in there. And then watching the replay, I, I had my dinner in front of me and I almost threw it across the room. I was, I was very, I was very annoyed just because it was so, it was so blatant. You see so much like given for less than that. And it's just, like, it does, your, it does your head in seeing those decisions go against you, but you've just got to get on yeah. with it. Go Pen- in the game. Pen- penalty aside, Sack, did you, did you go, did you, did you go away? Feeling disappointed with the with the performance and, and obviously the result. Obviously, we didn't want to lose, but yeah. um, did you feel disappointed with the actual performance? Or I, do you feel like we're progressing? No, not at all. Really, I, f- I felt really like proud of us, like how far we've come, because it was I probably it was our best performance yet, in my opinion. And we've just been slowly improving game in, game out. And I, I came away obviously disappointed with the penalty, but I thought that wasn't. We we did well. We did all right there. And when we play the weaker sides, like later in the month, we will we we will beat one of them at least. Maybe even two. Maybe even all three, like one of Fulham or Wolves and Everton. But it's they're they're the real test. But we've been competing more and more each week, and we started to grow into it. It's going to take time to grow into it. But once we do, I think that's where we're going to start picking up a lot of points. And it's just about get, getting into our group quick as we can. Because once we are, we, we can definitely compete in the league. Yeah, I think I think most people are on the same page with this. I think we should, Ollie. We should probably speak about um, a little bit of transfer news now. We closed up the, the transfer window. Obviously, we we finished with another edition after the final whistle last night, which we knew about. Um, thanks, by the way, Zach. Thanks for coming on. Um, and um, how did you see the window? I know you put out a tweet earlier about how we compare in terms to the money spent by Burnley to what we've spent. And obviously, I guess you drew that comparison because they were getting B and below us. Um, but how do you feel it went? Well, before I talk about that, uh, Luce and I just tagged us in a post saying that Bell is in the Jamaica squad for the Haiti and the Honduras games. Oh, That's okay. not great, is it? I, no. think, uh, I think Rob Edwards needs to pull on Alex Ferguson. Yeah, Alex, Alex Ferguson used to like that, didn't he? Yeah, it was the, the classic Alex Ferguson move. But yeah, I put out a tweet uh, asking whose window was better, Luton Towns or Burnley? And it, it got picked up by um, some big Burnley podcast too. So I feel it was a very, uh, I gave Burnley a very fair shake at it uh, in just four hours, 731 votes. 54.9% said Town had the better window, Burnley 45.1%. And I, I'm inclined to agree with that because um, I feel we've spent our money very well. Someone in the in in the uh, comments did say, oh yeah, but we, we bought everyone with, with resale value, to which I said, oh yeah, because the players that we signed, they're all obviously at the, the end of, of, of their careers. Uh, obviously, with the sarcasm, which uh, can't get conveyed online. Um, I think we finished the window strong. I think uh, Ted and Mengi is a astute piece of business. Unfortunately, we, we got priced out of Axel Twan Zabi um, because of his absurd wage demands. Uh, for those who haven't listened to the podcast, those were 80000 per week. Um, but I think Mengi is a, a very good... Uh, it's a very good opportunity for Mengi. It's a very good acquisition for us. And he's relishing the opportunity to play uh, in one of the outside centre-back positions. And I think he'll be 
an absolutely sensational piece of business there, as will uh, Albert Sambi Lokonga. Yeah, uh, both concerns. Lokonga, I'm really excited for. Mengi, as I explained to you, I didn't know too much about. Obviously, he hasn't played that much football, um, but he comes with a good rep from from Birmingham um, after you know after his stint there. Well, look, uh, you don't you don't you don't stay on the books at Man United from the age of six to twenty one no, without having something about you. We and do he mentioned in his interview as well. He was the last of his age group to be there. No, agree, but, but but these clubs do have a habit of overloading, um, you know, the younger teams. Um, but he he looks decent enough, and I think he'll be he'll be a good addition. Do you think we were light in any areas? Do you think that we maybe are a little light in any areas, or do you think we're yeah kind of happy with numbers? I'm happy with numbers now. Uh, we could have done with one more defender. I know that Rob Holding's agent was at the game uh, for for Gillingham. Uh, against Gillingham. Unfortunately, um, Palace were just able to put together a better package financially for holding. Um, but it was very much a deal that was in our wheelhouse with, you know, a million up front um, and promotion, uh, survival uh, bonuses and whatnot. And that that's what, you know, sort of drew Palace into it as well. Um, I think holding would have been the cherry on the cake, the 10 out of 10 for the window. But right now, I feel we're, at, we're sitting pretty at a 9.5 out of 10, to be honest. Very happy with it. Do you think we've got space for one more? I saw someone tweet earlier with the outgoings that we've had. We've, prob- we've got one more space now in the squad. Um, well, we probably, you know, probably keeping an eye on the free market, um, you know, Axel Twanzebe could potentially always come back if uh, there are no other options for him. But obviously the Saudi window closes on the 7th and that there's always the option for him to go to Saudi Arabia because essentially it's a payday to play in a in a league that's the, the level of League One. Um, so that, there's always that option and... That we, we've shown that we're, we're not averse to using the free agent market. We brought in Robert Snodgrass and uh, did we bring in a free agent last year? Well, we brought in Cal Naismith the season before as well, uh, but the season before Robert Snodgrass. We don't mind using the free agent market, even if it's just to uh, sort of bring an extra body in um, to sort of cover until Gabe is back, potentially. Maybe maybe we can see what Trevor Peak's up to. Um <laughs> Yeah, see if he wants to break another record. He's probably still got room in the legs, hasn't he? Oh, potentially, yeah. Um, I'm I'm very happy with it. Like, uh, any any other thoughts from Zach or Phil? Like, what what were your thoughts about our transfer window? Yeah, I mean, um, from my point of view, I, I think I think I tend to agree about the fact that the from the defender's point of view, I think I'd feel comfortable having another one there. I think. We spoke earlier on about how Burke is injured quite regularly, uh, and I thought what the way that Ian put it was 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 really good. Actually, you do tend to sort of form a formation without him in there, and if he's in there, it's a bonus. So, <laughs> but um, I think Mengi, from what I see of of very sketchy video footage, um, he's rapidly fast, like incredibly fast, from some of the videos that I've seen for a defender, which is going to be incredibly useful in the Premier League. Um, but I, I'm, I think I'm excited about Lukonga. I think that he gives us that other option to play two central midfields, defensive midfielders, um, which gives a few more different options. I think it will be interesting to see what Rob Edwards does with that because will he, will he play Nakamba and Lukonga next to each other? Um or will he play? Because uh, I would imagine that you would lose one of Chong or Barkley if they both, if those two both play. Um, but I'm quite happy. I think that um, I, I'm. I've actually he's gone under the radar a little bit, and and I know that it was it was against Gillingham obviously on Tuesday, and we need to be aware that that's not the sort of level that we're playing at week 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 in week out. But I thought that Corley Woodrow came on and made some really good, clever touches yesterday. Um, and I'm hopeful that he'll... He's clever. I think that's the, that's the biggest thing about, about Corley, is that he's, he comes on and he makes those little touches that stitches play together. And maybe the Premier League is actually more suited to him than he was 
last year in the Championship. Um, and I think you couple that up with Jacob Brown. We've got four options up top. Um, and obviously we play two, don't we, typically. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that changes because of Lukonga, whether we start playing with one central striker with two two sort of more attacking wingers. I don't know. But I think a lot, there's been a lot of stuff on Twitter and about ratings out of 10. And I'd probably say I'm... I was, I'd, I'd say I'm around about an eight or a nine out of ten for how we've done. I think it's been good value for money and, and sensible choices. Yeah, it's amazing that you pointed out Woodrow because I actually made some notes during the match, um, and Woodrow did impress me as well when he came on. Uh, some nice touches. He looked energized. He looked rested. Um, I feel he's probably had a good preseason, and last season he was kind of stop-start with with so many injuries. Um, he, he just looks unencumbered now. Um, I, I was very happy to see that. Um, but w- regarding uh, Lokonga, um, I think it's more likely that we would transition to a 4-2-3-1. Uh, or not, not a 4-2-3-1, but possibly a 4-2-2-2 um, to keep the midfield stacked and you know have the width from the... Um, have the width from the wide men again, um, or, or potentially find a formation that can fit both Doughty and Giles. Um, it, it is an interesting one, um, because now we sort of have four starters in, in midfield, four nailed-on starters in Lakonga, Barkley, Nakamba, and Chong. And then Jordan Clark, when he comes back into it as well, when he's fit, uh, he has every right to start as well because he's such an industrious player. So I, I feel we might be seeing a formation change. I don't think we're going to see uh, a, a deviation from two up top just because that gives us such a unique dimension. Although it, it did look like Morris was a bit isolated. He was feeding off scraps. Um, I... I Playing two up top, I, for me, I feel it works really, really well when both centre forwards are pressing up high and, and pinning the defence back. But maybe that's just me. And uh, hey, I'm I'm not a UEFA accredited coach, so <laughs> Rob Edwards probably has a better idea than I do of what he can do with his squad. I, li- I like those ideas, Ollie. I like those ideas. Like I say. Um... You're right, though. I think it is very much a case of trusting Rob Edwards at the moment. Like I say, he's, he's hopefully he's had a significant say in who we've bought and, and how he wants us to play um, moving forward. So, um, yeah, I like those ideas, though. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, maybe, maybe I should go and do my UEFA coaching course if I ever have you're, time. You're too busy with the wall pod to do that. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would just like to say that does it's just a bit of a question, but does Ross Barkley have to be a starter? Because I get he's a quality player and at Chelsea looked good. He looks good last night as well. But I think because there's been lots of like things rumors circulating about attitudes, like any, any ego and stuff. But I think he needs to prove himself to get into the team because he he's a great player. But once he gets in, he just needs to you know get his head in the right place and then start. At the moment, I don't think you can drop Nakamba. You can't drop Chong. You can't... Lokonga, once he comes in, I'm sure he'll be great as well. And Clark also to come back from injury. I just don't think Barkley needs to be nailed on starting each week. Oh, well, with the greatest respect, I have to disagree. That's because we... Yeah, well, look, everyone everyone has an opinion. Exactly. Um, with Well, Barkley is, without a doubt... The, a player of the greatest pedigree that we have had in modern times. Yeah. Probably probably since Ricky Hill or Brian Steen. Uh, I'll keep it to midfielders. Pro- probably since Ricky Hill. He, he is probably the player with the greatest pedigree we've had since Ricky Hill, without a doubt. And Ricky Hill didn't get a, shake, a fair shake of the England squad that he should have. Um, it, we've signed a player on the right side of 30 who hasn't played a lot of football. And unfortunately, we need to get him match fit. And the only way we can get him match fit is by playing him in matches. Yes, he looks gassed by half time. And, he, you know, he was he was blowing by the second half yesterday. 
but the only way we're going to get a a fully fit Ross Barkley is by playing him. And fortunately, Nakamba's there to give him the protection in behind. But Ross Barkley showed some absolutely fantastic touches and uh, also encompassing Tony Reid's comment they just made. Service to the front two is becoming an issue. Teams are snuffing out long balls to Adebayo. Morris with ease. Only when Brown comes on, we have teeth. Can see us changing things after the break. A fully fit Ross Barkley is the key to unlocking playing two up the top. You know, with, with clever, cute balls in behind, giving us an extra dimension other than, you know, long balls into the channel for Morris and Adebayo to hunt down. Uh, I think, Ross Barkley I, is, without a doubt, a nailed-on starter for me. I think that the... the the thought process behind that is, is spot on. Yeah, I agree with you. If if he gets fully fit and he's the player that we know, but we can't just shoe on in someone because of the, their pedigree. We did that against Chelsea in the FA Cup semi-final with Kerry Dixon, and look what happened. Didn't work out well, did it? You know, John Hansen should have started that game all day long. That's well, that's, a, that's a bit different, mate. It's that's not though. Bit... It's not though. No, nah, it's not that different. But... It's not. But because John Hansen, like, uh, who have we got in the youth system that that can do a better job than Barkley? But it, no, but uh, if you're I'm comparing not apples, about apples, the youth system, I'm talking about pedigree. You can't shoehorn someone in because of the pedigree. I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve to be started. Maybe your theory is right. All I'm saying is that Luton ain't a club that we just start people on pedigree. You have got to earn the right to play. And you've yeah. got to, you've got to do it the right way for me. But, but Kerry Dixon was a bit over the hill as well at that point. Who? Like Kerry Dixon. Yeah, yeah exactly. Had, yeah, whereas Ross Barkley's the right side of thirty. Well, Kerry I, Dixon was very much the wrong side of thirty. We would probably say that because he's a Luton Town player. But I guarantee there's other fan bases out there would, that would say Ross Barkley's a little bit over the hill. I think like with Barkley, it's a tough one because he. In my opinion, I just think he needs to start on like fresh and it's like a new player coming in. We just forget his pedigree, forget his career, just prove himself that he is like qualities, played for England 33 times, just prove himself in the team and then he deserves to play. Because I agree with Ollie that he will unlock at Morris and Adebayo, but at, first, at, the po- at the moment, you can't start him just because of pedigree. Nakamba definitely deserves to start. Chong definitely deserves to start. There are so many, like Clark when he comes back in, Lukonga, there are so many midfielders who deserve, Apelli as well, so many midfielders who deserve to start. Apelli was great yesterday, by the way, when he came on. Like, lit the game back up. Like, Jacob Brown, all the subs who came on, changed the game. That's how we got a goal. But I just think, like, we can't, at the moment, start Barkley because of his career. We need to, he needs to come here put in the work and then he'll get his spot in the team. Then he can prove what he's all about, but we just can't put him in straight away. And I think there's the other side to that as well, is that if you do that, you set a precedent and looting out like that, you know, yeah. it's about teamwork. Um, it's about hard work and making sure that, and I'm not saying he didn't work hard. He's just not fit enough, is he? It's yeah, clear, I'm... you know, they, they've said in, in training, his reports are that he's quality, he's got quality touches and the other. Um, it is hard because I agree with both opinions on that, but for me, pedigree doesn't always get the nod over, you know, other attributes. Yeah. But yeah, we got some we got some comments in. I'll just read them on. out. All well and good talking about pedigree. Oh, this is from Chris. Uh, all well and good talking about pedigree with Barclay, but his last few clubs said he was similarly passed by for his whole spells with them. Doesn't feel right to assume he starts ahead of the hardworking players who got us here. 100%. That's a very fair point. That's yeah. very fair. Look, we we have no passengers in our squad. No passengers. So, I, don't, I don't. I don't know if you can read out the Kerry Dixon comment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I, I can say allegedly. Um, <laughs> um, can can people see that? Should I read it out? Yeah, go on. It's a funny one. Oh, so, uh, Matty, age 75, says, Kerry Dixon was a cokehead, allegedly. We are not, the Walk Pod does not uh, believe that Kerry Dixon was a cokehead, or we, we, we have no opinion as to whether he is or was a cokehead, as Joe Levine has just said, was. So, uh, I'm, I'm not getting involved in that. No other com- um, <laughs> comment. Yeah, no, no comment there. 
Um, he, he was he was great at Chelsea. Um, not not great at, at Luton. Well, he was all right at Luton, and he was absolutely, you know, down the road. He was hot trash, which was fantastic. Agent Kerry, um, but what could have been if John Hartson had started instead? Um, but I think. Um, Shall we? Is that a good stopping point there, Ian? And we can pick up more things in the uh, in the old podcast. Yeah, I think we'll have a little bit more of an actually packed podcast this week because obviously we haven't got a game on. But um, thanks everyone for for coming on. Um, but I think I think the general theme is everyone can see that you know we're progressing each week. Um, there's there's definitely shining lights there. We know there's areas for improvement, and I think we're not stupid enough. Everyone knows where where we are. Um, but things are looking up. Well, the only ways up now, I suppose, apart from one place down. See you later, everybody. Podcast Network.